0: This is the Life Truth Network.
1: Storm clouds darkened the skies. Even the air took on a new and dangerous feel. Winds kicked up the telltale signs that warned that tornadoes could be roaring through the neighborhood. Sheila Johnson hurried around the kitchen, gathering supplies, and trying to get her children to the safety of the basement.
2: Raymond, how many times have I told you to get away from the windows? Help me carry these water bottles downstairs. Oh, Mom, I want to see the tornado. Raymond, you know better. Carry this box downstairs. We learned all about tornadoes and glass. They can tear down houses, tear trees out of the ground. There are cars all over the place. Ray, you're not helping. Take the box. I want to see the storm. It's cool. Is this the way our teachers at school run their safety drills? Because if it is, no, Mom, class, line up at the door. Move calmly to the hallway, sit, and cover your heads with your arms. Raymond, take this to the basement and stay there. Let's go. I'll be right behind you. Aw, Mom, can't I just see one car blow up? Alice, what are you doing up here? It's your cell phone, Mom. Who is it? One of those church ladies, I think. Thanks, honey. Now take your brother downstairs. I'll be right there.
1: Raymond dutifully pulled himself from the window while his mother talked on the phone. Sheila guided him in front of her as they both went down into the basement.
2: Hello, Grace. Yes, this is a horrible storm. Odd house storms raging outside only serve to remind me of what that feeling is inside me. Yes, I got the report. It's cancer, and there's a lot of it those prayers are very much appreciated. What am I going to do? Well, right now, I'm going to focus on getting my family through this storm. Oh, I know, Grace. I, I know God will help. And actually, I'm feeling safe, glad to be alive. I just can't shake the feeling that moments like these with the kids won't be around much longer. I wish Bill and Chad were here. What's that, Grace? Grace. Yes, I'd like to bring Chad down to the church sometime, too. He's doing fine as far as his grades, but he's he's going through some tough things right now. If we can't make it through this storm tonight, it'll be a victory we can share, you know? I just hope we can all celebrate together on the other side of the cancer storm. I came to the church because I had tons of questions. Life has so many mixed messages, you know. Uh, the people at work? Uh, they grieved with me, but... They really didn't have any answers. No hope given there. And what if I die? Does everyone automatically go to heaven? Is there even a heaven to go to? Is this God's way of getting back at me? At my family? Does God hate us? Does he hate all humanity? Oh, What's that, Grace? Oh, sorry. I'll try to slow down. <laughs> yes, I remember what all you folks told me, Grace. It's just that... That's so different from what I hear around me, from movies and books and the way people talk. It's so much different from everything I grew up believing about the afterlife. Oh, I believe you guys mean well, and I'm sure as anything not dismissing what you've said. If it's even remotely true, I want to make sure the kids and Bill know the right way to heaven. Hopefully I'll end up there too, just so much to figure out. If I got it wrong... Yes, God forbid, right? But if I did, I at least want them to get it right, you know?
1: In the basement, and looking up from her iPad, Alice asked,
2: Mom, do you
3: think Dad will be home tonight?
2: Oh, it's hard to say, sweetie. You know how it is when there's disasters on the streets. Oh, what's that, Grace? Oh, yes. Bill's on call with the live news team tonight. He'll be operating his camera like the best of them. He won an award, you know. Mom, Ray is trying to sneak up the
3: stairs.
2: Raymond!
4: Dad is so lucky. I want to be a TV
2: cameraman when I grow up. They get to take pictures and all the cool stuff.
1: As Ray crashed down the basement steps, he sounded like a tornado on two feet.
2: What's that, Grace? Oh, the the award. Um, that was when he worked with the police department. He loved that job. But I'm glad he left it for the news. At least I don't worry about him so much. Until nights like this come along. Dead bodies, crime scenes, stores, gross stuff. That's all for me, Alice.
1: Ray said with a grin.
3: That's because you're such a gross body, squirt.
1: Alice shot back at her baby brother as she rolled her eyes in disgust. After all, she was a full four years older and way more mature. In fact, she was almost 16 and would be starting driver's ed soon. In just a couple more years, Alice planned to go to college and join her brother Chad as he finished his time there.
4: Don't call me Squirt.
2: Alligator.
1: Raymond said back to Alice, making his usual joke at her name.
2: Go back to texting, boyfriend. For your
3: information... It's not my boyfriend. I'm texting Chad to see if the storm is in his area. Stop!
2: Grace? Hello? Well, there goes the phone line.
1: Outside, the winds roared like the sound of a passing freight train. Then came the sound of breaking glass as the house shook. This was going to be a long night. My name is Dan Christian. I was a child of the 80s. MacGyver was my hero. That is, until I met Jesus Christ. Heltzley
0: Podcast Network, in conjunction with Lion's Den, audiobook and drama podcast, presents Dangerous Christian Starring Michael Prince Tiffany Lott. Episode 1, Enter the Stranger.
1: The anchorman settled in behind the stylized desk. The last moment checks came to a halt as the camera in the studio went live. The camera zooms in for a close-up as the lead story is featured. The stoic man in the helmet hair styled hair that seems to only be worn by television news anchors or televangelists speaks.
0: Stan Murphy for Action News 6. The question everybody in the listening area has this morning is about the storms that raged through the area last evening. Main Street was hit hard last night with five tornadoes and heavy winds. The malls and shopping centers along the street were all demolished.
1: Images of the destruction splash across the blue screen for viewers at home to get a visual of the full impact of the aftermath. The footage slips silently to show homes in various stages of destruction, The news report continues without pause.
0: The damage to the business district is particularly disturbing, since many residents will be out of work for an indefinite future, leaving their homes in disarray as well. This could have been the end for our city, had aid not immediately arrived from Ferris Day Industries. Lucius Ferris, the president and CEO of the corporation, had this to say. I cannot in good conscience stand idly by and watch while countless citizens lose their jobs and businesses in a single night. I pledge to you there will be no lost jobs. Ferris Day Industries will make sure everyone gets paid and I will begin rebuilding Main Street better than it ever was before. I guarantee you that I'm the best hope for this city and I will save the people here.
1: Meanwhile, in a hotel room on the outskirts of the city, I was watching the news coverage and shaking my head. This guy sure thinks a lot of himself. I mean, I think it's great he wants to help, but is it just me or is he bleeding pride? My name is Daniel Christian. The last name is applicable to myself. I am a follower of Christ.
4: Please restate query.
1: <laughs> Nothing sword, just talking to myself. Let's see what else is on from the man on the street in the newscast. A reporter stands in front of the scene of broken buildings in the aftermath of natural disaster. She faces the portable camera with a crowd forming at the spectacle of the new crew and staying behind the taped line.
3: This is Carol Connor reporting live for Action News 6. As you can see, the businesses here in the downtown district have been hit hard. Estimates could run into the billions of dollars as local merchants try to rebuild. The mayor has appealed to the state and federal levels to be declared a disaster area. The outlook is grim, as government funding is slow to respond, and in the weeks ahead, people will be out of jobs, not able to put food on the table for their families or pay their household bills. Citizens need help now. And the question everybody is asking is, where will help come from for their basic needs? A square meal? A hot shower? A place to live? This is Carol Connor for Live Action News 6.
1: I was watching all this play out on television and I couldn't believe what happened next. The news handoff didn't go through and the scene on the street still aired on the TV screen. The camera angle from the street scene zoomed out and pans to show some people who are not there to watch the local news event, but to work and work hard. A portable trailer had no sign, but the workers have shirts that read in large letters, Cleanup Crew, BaptistRelief.org.
3: Bill, what do you think you're doing? Keep the camera focused over here. Get those people out of the shot. You know better than to go against orders.
1: The television signal stopped there for a second and switched back to the main newsroom. I shut off the set. I had seen enough. Back at the scene of the report, however, things weren't as over as they wanted us to believe. But what about the human interest, Angle? These people- We're not
3: here to report on the crowd. The disaster is the story. You
5: said there wasn't anybody sending relief. Look at all the people at that trailer.
3: We get paid to report the news that we're assigned.
5: What about the human interest?
3: We cover the news that we're paid to cover- the news that sells advertising space, the news that Ferris Day Industries tells us to report on.
1: But what about?
3: If you want to have a job in the morning, I won't report you. How's that?
1: I was finished sitting down, and even my handheld computer had something to say.
4: When the Son of Man will come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him, Will be gathered all nations, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then will the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was an hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then will the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, did we see you hungry, and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger, and took you in, or naked, and clothed you, or when did we see you sick, or in prison, and came unto you? And the king will answer and say unto them, Truly I say unto you, Inasmuch as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me.
1: 25th chapter of Matthew does seem to fit here, doesn't it? Indeed. Let's go help. I grabbed the smartphone that was also the most important thing I owned. I called it SWORD, but that was just an abbreviation. The letter stood for a much longer name. Strategic Word of Righteous Discernment. Its main purpose was to keep me on the right track. God's track. Surprisingly, we weren't too terribly far from the scene. One area was hit massively and demolished, but other areas appeared untouched by the storm. This is often the case, but something I couldn't figure out bothered me about the way this looked. I kept it to myself for now. I would eventually find out why it looked like that, but that was not until much later. When I finally reached the site of the relief work, I couldn't believe what happened next.
5: Sir, you're going to have to get in line if you want food.
1: I just ate, actually. I was wondering if I could... Stay in line, please, sir. Um, okay. A young expectant mother got behind me in the food line. I was a bit embarrassed to even be in this line, but I didn't know what to do. However, I did let the lady in front of me.
0: Thank you, sir.
1: You guys need help. I'm just trying to give some help.
0: By standing in the food line?
1: Not really, but every time I try to get someone's attention, they keep putting me back in line. I saw someone and tried again. Ma'am, I was wondering if you folks might... Back in line or you won't get help, sir. You seem to be making trouble here. I'm really not. I'm just trying to... Stay in line. Yes, ma'am. A ragged-looking man got behind me, and I let him go ahead. He smiled at me, revealing nearly no teeth.
5: Sir, you don't have to let people go ahead of you. There's plenty of food to go around. Ferris Day has put a lot of money into this relief program.
1: I really am just here to help. They keep putting me in this line.
5: Come along with me. I know my boss can use some help. He's not doing so well at this. Oh? Yeah, when he's preparing meals, he doesn't know what he's doing. Then, when he knows what he needs, we don't have it. Some of the relief people with a cleanup crew from some church actually ended up helping us. Or we wouldn't have gotten anywhere.
1: Once I got up front, I was able to help the Baptist relief workers and the Ferris Day people. Altogether, everyone had all the tools they needed to get the job done. We were actually enjoying each other's company until someone had to ruin it. Bradley, who are these men?
5: This is Mr. Dan and some folks from the Baptist Relief Crew. If it wasn't for them, we would be up a creek.
0: These other people are not authorized to be here! They need to leave now! Love
4: your neighbor.
0: Who said that?
1: It was just my phone going off.
0: Really? Get out! All of you! This workspace is for
3: authorized personnel only, by order of Lucius Ferris himself!
1: This was too much for me to take. It didn't make any sense to me why a group who genuinely cared for people would turn down assistance as these did. It was time to get a closer look, and hopefully find some answers. I headed back to the hotel to make a phone call. Hello. I was wondering if I could set up a meeting with Mr. Ferris about the... Is this about the tech position? No, actually, I'm interested in talking to him about... Mr. Ferris isn't taking
3: calls today. He's trying to get a new tech guy hired.
1: Well, you know what? I'm pretty decent with computers. How about I apply? I'll set up a
3: meeting for you with Ms. Natasha Hawkins. Sounds good. Okay, you want to get here about call.
1: If I couldn't get information directly, maybe I could find out more by working there. At least it was worth a shot. Standing outside the hotel doors, I patted my pocket to be sure I had S.W.O.R.D. I wasn't about to leave my personal digital assistant. To any random person, S.W.O.R.D.'s voice would have seemed to come from out of nowhere. Her computer voice sounded almost human.
4: I will never leave you or forsake you.
1: I know. I was talking as much to myself as the disembodied voice in my pocket. It's just a force of habit for me. The device was my own invention and modeled to look like a smartphone, but it was much more than that. I named it SWORD since I also programmed it to react with a growing artificial intelligence to help and advise me in times of trouble and duress. It was my way of keeping a calm head when I needed it most, and the acronym SWORD stood for Strategic Word of Righteous Discernment. Where's the taxi? Don't they know we have an important meeting?
4: One question at a time, please. Tracking the order for curbside pickup. Estimated arrival of the taxi is less than one minute.
1: I look down the block to see the cab pull around the corner and head my way.
4: Arrival in 30 seconds. 27 seconds. 24 seconds.
1: That's enough, sword. You can stop now.
4: You'll need to ask the driver about your other question.
1: We were off in no time. I told him we were headed to the Ferris Day building, and the driver zoomed away, winding his way through the busy streets. As the car raced along, a sound was heard. A pop followed by a flapping sound. Don't tell me that was your tire. I knew it was, as the driver was already pulling to the curb and struggling to keep control of the car.
5: Oh, sorry, pal. This won't take long. I can have us back on the road in 15 minutes. 30 minutes tops.
1: The cabby had managed to pull into an alley to be off the busy street, and it was here that I sat at the open door of the taxi, leaning against the side and stretching as I waited. (sighs) Ah, delays. I think God must be against this meeting.
4: Should I call another cab company?
1: No, it would still take about the same amount of time as it would to just wait here. So I waited, kicking myself for not leaving sooner, and I watched down the sidewalk. People rushing on their way, watching the crowds all focused on their own troubles. I wondered where they might be going. To lunch? Maybe to their own important meetings or on some errand or another? Then I saw her. The little girl. I stood leaning against the car and wondered why she was alone. People filled the sidewalks, rushing on their way. Main streets may be a thing of the past and in decay since the malls on the outskirts of town have drawn the shoppers away. In the city, though... The noise and rush seems to be as strong as ever. Secretaries and workers in the high-rise buildings in the business district head out to grab a fast lunch and their limited breaks. Merchants and business executives stepping out to meet with clients. Crowds all moving forward, always forward at the quick time pace their destinations demand. No time to waste. Traffic on the streets only add to the chaos, with the deliveries, passing taxis, buses that lumber down the street only to grind to a stop at the next corner to let commuters on or off. Fumes from the diesel and gasoline engines fill the air in nostrils of the passers-by. It would have been easy to overlook the little girl. The brown-skinned, brown-haired child couldn't be more than six years old and more interested in watching the butterfly that just lit on the rim of the curbside trash can. Lost in her own world, she goes ignored as she meanders through the towering adults, going the opposite direction down the walk. Getting knocked off her feet by an unseeing pedestrian, the girl bounces back up. She brushes herself off and performs her gymnastic balancing act as she walks down the edge of the curb, inches from the motorists who blaze past, oblivious to her. Focused on the tightrope act playing out in her mind, the girl stepped heel to toe steadily down the curb. Then before she knew it, she was thrown off her balance. All she saw was the blur of the heavy black purse as it crashed into her face, then a whirl of sky and the grill of a bus that seemed to be right over her. There wasn't time to scream. There wasn't even time to think. Time seemed to stand still as she felt strong hands on her, and the next moment, the girl was looking up into the friendly eyes of the stranger. That stranger was me. Are you all right? I was in my denim jacket. The girl could only stare as she caught her breath. I wondered if I looked like a giant to her, Looking around at the activity on the busy street, she could hardly believe that she had just fallen or that with all the people standing so close to her, nobody stopped or seemed to even notice her. Can you tell me your name? Do you feel all right? Are you downtown all by yourself today?
2: I can't talk to you.
1: I couldn't help being tickled at her response. Why can't you talk to me?
2: My mommy told me to never talk to strangers.
1: You have a smart mommy. Where is she?
2: She's right there.
1: She raised a finger to point, then realized there was no mommy in sight. Had her mommy left her? She was sure she hadn't wandered all that far away. Do you think we should find your mommy? Mommies get pretty scared when they wander off like that and get lost on city streets. Can I pick you up and take you for a ride on my shoulders? It'll be fun, and if you see your mom from way up there, you can wave to her and show her to me. I didn't have to wait for the eager nodding of the girl's head. Up we go then. Is this the right way to go? We headed in the direction I'd seen the girl come from, already planning to find the nearest police officer for keeping the girl safe. As I carried the girl, I searched for faces in the crowded street for an anxious woman, someone who may have lost track of a child, sure enough. Within just a few steps through the sea of people, the girl on my shoulders began to squirm and squeal with glee as she waved frantically to get her mom's attention. In an instant, the girl all but leapt into her mother's arms and clung to her. Shock turned to an overflow of tears as words streamed from the mother's lips. Words of worry, relief, and joy.
3: Thank you for bringing my baby back to me. I don't know what I'd do if...
1: No worries. I'm just glad she found me instead of somebody else. And you. I won't tell on you that you talk to a stranger, but you gotta promise me that you won't lose your mommy again and it's pretty hard to find a new one these days." Picking up on the joke, the woman gave the girl in her arm an accusing glance and asked,
3: What's this about talking to strangers?
1: Before the stunned girl could say a word, I extended my hand, taking hers in a handshake. Hello, my name is Dan. And you? What's your name, little girl? The embarrassed and speechless child only burrowed her face into her mother's neck to hide. Well, at least one of us isn't a stranger anymore. The reunited mother and child hugged. Then the words poured forth from mom like a stream of inner consciousness.
3: I missed you, baby. I searched everywhere. Don't ever do that to me again. I love you so much.
1: Digging in her purse, her words continued mindlessly.
3: How much do I owe you? I could never repay you for...
1: Her words hung in the air. With her hand on her wallet, she looked up.
3: Where did he go? He's right...
1: The girl's words trailed off as she also noticed the stranger had left them.
3: Who was he? I don't know. You're, you're the one who found him. Didn't he say that his name was Dan?
2: I think so. Just look around. He couldn't have gone too far. Look for that tall man in the blue jean jacket. That tall man with the... Um what color was his hair mommy i don't
4: know
3: and it wasn't a denim jacket it was a sweatshirt you know like a hoodie i think and he wasn't so tall everybody's tall to you
1: smiling i had snuck away i heard them as they spoke but i didn't want reward apparently sword could figure that out as i heard her comment
4: dan for that you will be blessed they can't repay you, but God will reward you at the resurrection of the just.
1: Sounds like Luke fourteen fourteen.
4: The principle applies.
1: That was definitely the idea. I thought the mom would want to pay me. No, not thought. I was worried she'd want to. I don't want it or need it. Not to mention that time is running short. Hey, let's head back to the cab. We headed that way and it wasn't long before the cabbie saw me.
2: Oh,
5: there you are. just got this blown out tire in the trunk. I thought maybe you ran out on paying the fare.
1: Sorry about that. I didn't mean to make you worry. I just needed to stretch my legs for a moment.
5: Well, I can't fault you that. Come on. And I had the fare covered. That's not necessary, really. I think it is. You might not understand this, but I think God wants me to help you out.
4: All things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to God's purpose. Who said that?
1: Originally, I smirked. Couldn't help myself. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. (laughs) To be continued. Southern Baptist Relief is a Christian love in action. This ministry meets the urgent needs of hurting humanity in crisis situation. Christ calls for believers to demonstrate His love to those affected by disasters through our timely use of resources, talents, and time. We provide many different types of relief, including food, water, child care, laundry, repairs, rebuilding, and more. Southern Baptist Disaster Relief has gained national and international recognition for our work in crisis situations across the country. State convention leaders invest significant resources to provide proper training for our volunteers. They stand ready at a moment's notice to help the hurting and bring hope during catastrophe. As volunteers respond to disasters, their faith and commitment is used by the Holy Spirit to draw others to Him. When we care for others, we become not just people who talk of missions, but people who put our words into action. Our world continues to experience devastation and destruction. Every incident brings new challenges and new opportunities. Find out how you and your church can represent Christ in crisis. Visit www.baptistrelief.org or www.namb.net That's N-A-M-B net. You've been
0: listening to Dangerous Christian. Dan was played by Michael Prince sword was Tiffany Lott. John Warren played Lucius Ferris. Opening theme Wayfaring Stranger produced and performed by John Warren. Additional voices provided by CJ, Julie Westlake Suter, Melinda Prince, Rachel Small, Sue Eisenman. Additional voices provided by the cast some sound effects and closing credits provided by soundj.com and grant evans at soundbible.com keep listening for more dangerous christians this has been an original work and thus protected by copyright for more podcast goodness check out hpn podcast.helpsley.net h-e-l-t-s-l-e-y And Protectorate Productions at facebook.com slash protectors of the book. This work was written by Keith Heltzley and Nathan Caldwell. This has been your announcer, Nathan Caldwell. And I'm still saying, may God bless you in that you find all that you need. And your greatest need is a savior. Thanks. For listening. For more podcast goodness, check out the Life Truth Network at life truth.com.